Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Amen. What a privilege it is to be able to talk about the Word of God today. And uh, I'm going to tell you, Brother, uh, Brother Thomas has certainly cast a, a pretty substantial shadow for anybody to stand in this morning. And uh, But... That's all a part of the kingdom. I'm not going to try to be him. I couldn't do that if I tried. But uh, I, want to, I want to talk about something very important. Last Sunday morning we talked about uh, and began a series that, we, that I am just simply entitling foundation. There's nothing, foundations, there's nothing more important in our life than what we stand on, than what we build on. And so today I'm just going to, I'm just going to speak from my heart the word of God. And, uh, and let the Spirit of God, just let His Word find a resting place in your heart. Now, I'm not here today to defend any position. I'm not here today to attack any, anyone's uh, theological beliefs uh, through the flesh. But I am asking you today to let the Spirit of God, through His Word, speak to our heart. Because His Word is true. And His Word is forever settled. And so we want to just rest in that. In the, in, and with that, I want to talk about the incarnation of Christ today. The incarnation of Christ. In the Old Testament, God revealed himself uh, as a spirit. And that spirit communicated with humankind in various fashions. That spirit conveyed itself, revealed itself, whatever word you want to insert there, through visions or dreams. And even there were times in the Old Testament where just temporarily God would reveal himself through a physical appearance of some sort. In the New Testament, God came to us in human form. He didn't just come in human form so that he could perform a few miracles or so that he could gather up a crowd or hold a tent crusade. He didn't come for that reason. He came to pay sin's price with his own blood. And so if God is doing something, there is a real purpose to the doing of God. He doesn't just do something to do it, but God is up to something. Major doctrines in the Word of God, any major doctrine that would run throughout the Word of God, if we could liken them today to, to a, a seam of gold that lies just beneath the surface, I think that's a great analogy of the doctrines of God, major doctrines of God. They are like that vein of gold in the earth. You won't discover that by accident. You, you just won't come up on that. You won't be walking across the yard and just kick up a chunk of gold. Chances are that's not how that works. But you're going to have to search. You're going to have to seek and you're going to have to be sincere. And so people who are content to be shallow in their experience with God will 
most often, will, they will most often overlook some of the greatest treasures of the Word of God. You know, uh, Brother Thomas, a few nights ago, it's going to be hard for a service or two to not be able to go back here <laughs> to refer to a few things because he left a he left a lot of arrows in our heart. But it, uh, but when we think about those that he were he was talking about that that have been so close to the truth of God's word and they have been all around that and yet uh, did not see or do not see uh, the, the the fullness of Scripture. And he talked about that um, oftentimes that is because there is an absence of the Holy Spirit. There's an absence of the Holy Ghost in our lives. And we, we need to let that Spirit in us because it is God's Spirit that will lead us to truth. Amen. It's His Spirit that will lead us to truth. And so sometimes these jewels of truth uh, are, are just overlooked because people will not take the time to just say, Lord... I'm going to steal away with you. I'm, I've met way more than just a handful of people uh, throughout my lifetime that have said, you know, I got serious with God, and, uh, and, and God revealed himself to me. I was, I was speaking to someone not all that long ago who was, uh, who was raised in a completely different, uh, under a completely different umbrella as far as Christianity is concerned. But he, were, he and his wife were seeking more. They just felt like there was something that was missing. They just felt that in their heart. And so they went on an extended fast together. And on the sixth day of that fast together, if you're ready for this, on the sixth day of that fast, while he was preaching in another church, the Spirit of the Lord revealed himself to him during his own message. So there wasn't a search for truth Bible chart out. I'm, I'm not being derogatory. There wasn't, uh, somebody wasn't, you know, there, there wasn't nine books spread across the dining table. They were not in a debate, but they were just hungry. And in that, in that sense of hunger to say, I've got to go beyond where I've ever been. The Lord just revealed himself to him in just an instant of time. And so... I want to tell you today that what if you want to know about God, He wants to share Himself with you. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but God is not trying to hide something for a select few. God is not trying to hide Himself or play games. But the jewels of truth are reserved for those that do hunger and thirst after righteousness. The promise is they shall be filled. Amen. I'm thankful for that today. And so the Word of God is, de is designed to reveal truth to those that are sincere and to those who will humbly seek that. I've, 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 I've talked to too many people that during, uh, while I was trying to talk to them about the Word of God, the Word of God was talking to them about Himself. <laughs> Amen. And so I, in the end, I wound up having to say very little because once the light came on, I see a lot of you nodding your heads. You've been right there. Because once the light started coming on, amen, so many, many of those in Christian today do, do not take the time to search out scriptures. And this is sad because in doing so, they often blindly accept the traditions of men. 
And you say, well, I'm going to do this because of so-and-so, or I'm going to do this because this is what my mother was, or my father, or my grandparents, or my aunt, or my uncle. And uh, I'm not trying to get in, in any debate today, but I'm going to tell you that, that that is a mindset that I do not understand because it is often only reserved for things like what we're talking about today. People don't feel that bent, uh, you know, and that in love with their grandfather to still drive a Model A without any air conditioning and change the tires four times on the way to Gainesville. No. They feel like we've moved on. They don't curse the vehicles that brought us to where we are today, but they moved on. That may not have been the very best example here, but I'm going to tell you that we can't just blindly accept uh, we can't blindly accept anything. I want to. I want the Lord to speak into my life, Hero Israel. Yeah. Amen. I want the Lord to speak that to me. I don't want to just hear that echoed from someone else. And furthermore, I want our children and our young people and our young couples to get this for themselves. Don't just try to exist in the overflow of someone else's experience. Amen. I want to be hungry enough to seek out the Word of God. It, it may seem to some that God is unfair in causing biblical truth to maybe require diligent searching or, or revelation. But be sure of this. God is not hiding Himself for the sake of hiding Himself. Amen. But our spiritual maturity is going to be determined by our desire and by our, our initiative and by our, our willingness to seek God. I mean, if you, if you want to have something in life, it's not just going to fall out of the sky. And you're going to have to go for it. You're going to have to get up and do something about it. And so if you've always wanted a career in a certain area, chances are you're going to have to pursue that. If you want to excel in some particular area, if there's one particular area of academics that you just really have a bent in your life, a degree is not just going to be nailed to your wall uh, for nothing. You're going to have to pursue that. And I'm going to tell you that men and women who have a knowledge of the Word of God, that did not just happen. I'm not ignoring natural giftings and things of that nature, but it doesn't just happen. You're going to have to get into the Word of God if you want the Word of God in you. I'm going to have to look at it. I'm going to have to study. I'm going to have to consider it. I'm going to have to meditate on that Word. Not speed read through that, check a little box off and, and, uh, and move on or move my Bible marker in my bread Bible. But I'm going to have to say, Lord, let this resonate in my heart. Show me what you're trying to tell me. Amen? I want to be hungry enough to seek that out in the Word of God. I, I'm, I'm, I know uh, many of you will, even whether you're a preacher or not, uh, but I know the preachers can relate to this, but I think everybody can relate. When you're reading a passage of Scripture and you just realize something's there. <laughs> Am I talking to anybody? I mean, you're just, you just, you just kind of, you just kind of pause and you say, hmm, something's here. I, I can't, I got to figure this out. There, God is trying to show me something right here. I want to, I want to keep passing by that again. I want to pass by that again. I may not have six consecutive hours to dedicate that day to that particular verse. I'm going to highlight that. I'm going to put a post-it note beside my chair. I want to revisit this again because I believe that God is wanting to show me something here. And so he's not trying to hide for the sake of hiding, but our maturity we're going, to, we're going to show our maturity by our pursuit and our willingness to seek God. In the incarnation, 
In the incarnation, God became flesh and blood. The one God who revealed himself to Abraham, to Moses, and to others in the, New, in the, in the Old Testament. He took on humanity to redeem people from, his, from their sin. Jesus is God incarnate. God took upon himself humanity in the form of Jesus Christ. And I want you to be under, understand me clearly today that Jesus was both fully God and fully man. Amen. Fully God and fully man. I want to go to a familiar passage of Scripture in John 1. John 1 and 10. The Bible says, John 1 and 10, speaking of Jesus, He was in the world and the world was made by Him. And the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. He was here. He was within arm's reach. Some of them touched him, rubbed shoulders with him. They were there. Amen. This was not hearsay. They could smell his garment. They could see and experience the ministry of Jesus Christ. He came to his own and his own received him not. He was crucified as a matter of fact by the very nation in which he was born because they simply did not believe that he was who he claimed to be. They did not see him for what he was. In the book of John Chapter 1, back to verse number 1, very familiar stomping ground. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In verse number 2, that the Bible says, and the same was in the beginning with God. Amen. The same, the same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. And so I think we have to be abundantly clear in our mind that we're talking about one thing here. We're talking about God Almighty, the creator of the ends of the earth. Amen. His word, the word was with God and the word was God. Before anything of this earthly realm existed, God was there. He was from everlasting to everlasting, eternally alive, equally existing in the past and in the future. Amen. Everywhere present God. He alone was, he, he alone has no beginning. He alone has no end. He has always existed because He is God. Amen. God is not captured by time. God is time. Hallelujah. When, when Moses inquired of God as to His name, you're familiar with this passage of Scripture, but in the book of Exodus 3 and 4, when, when, uh, when, when God gave Moses His name, when he, he inquired, Who shall I say sent me? God said, Well, you tell him I am. I know you realize this, many of you, but I think it's important to understand that God didn't say, I was, or God didn't say, I shall be. But He said, I am. I am. I am where? I am yesterday. I am today. I am tomorrow. I am the past. I am the present. I am the future. I am. God has neither a beginning or ending. He's not trapped 
by time. He's not relegated by time. He's not tethered by time. Amen. As the creator, he was before all things. And hear me, he will be the conclusion of all things. He is God. He is eternally self, the self-existent one. In the Old Testament, the relationship that God had with his creation was primarily through the written word and the spoken word. Amen. The relationship that God had with his creation in the Old Testament, primarily through the written word, through the spoken word. Israel knew God was a spirit being who had called Abraham to be the father of a very special people. They also recognized him as the creator of the world. They recognized, uh, they recognized humanity. They recognized that all things by his power and the authority of his word, they understood that. The Bible says if we jump to Hebrews very quickly, Hebrews 11 and 3, the scripture says through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. The worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Amen. The wood, if I can say it this way, the wood didn't come out of wood. The wood came from the word. Amen. The rock didn't come from rock. The rock came from the word. The ocean didn't come from water. Amen. Water didn't come from water, but water came from the word. Amen. It was there in the scripture. The Bible says in Genesis, if we go all the way back, to the book of beginnings, to the beginning of the book of beginnings. Genesis 1 and 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Amen. And the Bible says, and God said, let there be light. And there was light. I know we've covered this recently, but he didn't just say let there be one time. But Genesis records Some nine times that this phrase was used, let there be, and there was. Let there be, and it happened. Let there be, and and there it came into existence through the word of God. And you know what? Today, and my prayer this morning early was this. God, I'm asking you to touch me physically. I'm asking you to touch me mentally. I'm asking you to touch me spiritually. Because I know today that as your word goes forth, just like the word can separate uh, the earth from the water and the earth can separate light from darkness, earth, the, the word going forth here today, can light, the light can come on in someone's mind to be able to see this. We need to see this today. Why? Because eternity is hinging on what we're talking about here this morning. This is not a preacher on a rant. This is not a preacher on a soapbox. No, I'm behind this desk declaring the infallible, the irrevocable word of God this morning. It is His word, not my word. It is God's opinion and not my opinion. The Bible says through the writers of Psalms, Psalms 33 and 6, by the word of the Lord, were the heavens made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. (laughs) Hallelujah. If the Lord can just speak something into our heart, if I could just say to us today, we sing the song sometimes around here that just says, breathe on me. Amen. Just breathe on me. Why? Because we understand what can happen at the breath of the mouth of God. If God would just breathe on us here today. The power 
of God's Word is indescribable. The power of His Word. We can have complete confidence in God's Word because it is forever settled in heaven. There is no questioning, there is no disputing, no changing the Word of God. It is eternal. And so before you try to dissect the Word of God up, before you try to slice it all up to paper mache it around your life and around my life, what we really need to do is figure out how we can mold our lives around the Word of God because that's what's going to stand. My opinion can change. Your opinion can change. But the Word of God is going to hold us sure. It's a Word that is alive. Amen. We're not going through antiquated pages today and brushing off dust and and going through religious rites and rituals. But I'm talking about and talking from and standing on and declaring a live Word today. A seed seed that I prophesy to you will go home in the heart of someone today in the mind of someone today why not because of Steve not because of Steve Boyd but it will be because of the infallible irrevocable word of God amen and when we think about this live word in the Old Testament there were various manifestations God communicated with humanity as I mentioned a moment ago through visions through voices through prophets, God, God even stirred the hearts and the minds of men with dreams. Amen. And on occasion, on occasion, God even used temporary, visible means to speak His Word to men. We know when, when, when Scripture gives us examples of a brief, physical presentation of the Lord. We recognize these as theophanies, where God would just reveal Himself in some tangible form for just a moment of time or a season of time or just to take care of one point of business, if I may put it that way. Consider with me, if you will, just a couple of these theophanies in Scripture. God appeared in the form of man. He appeared in the form of man to to Abraham. And he spoke to Abraham about the impending judgment of Sodom and Gomorrah. This was more than a voice, more than a dream. Amen. But there was a revelation of that. When we look at Joshua chapter 5, when they were marching in to, to Canaan's land, amen, Joshua met the captain of the host of the Lord. There was a physical manifestation of God in the form of a man. Amen. God didn't keep that form. It was just for a moment of time. God appeared in the form of angels in other places throughout Scripture. Just to name a few, Moses speaking out, uh, to Moses speaking out of the burning bush, calling him to lead Israel out of Egypt and into Canaan's land. Another time in the book of Judges, chapter 13, an angel of, of the Lord appeared unto Samson's mother and father to inform them and to educate them, to enlighten them about the child, Samson, and what God would, would call him to do in his selection to be a Nazarite or take a Nazarite vow. Just a few examples of temporary appearances of the Lord in various manifestations. In the Old Testament, God did not take a permanent form or a permanent physical form, should I say, because he was reserving that for the greatest manifestation of all time. 
Amen. And that was when he would reveal himself in the Son of God. The Word was made flesh. Aren't you thankful for that promise? The Bible says the ter- that in the book of John chapter 1 and 1, the term Word there was translated from the Greek word logos. Amen. Or logos. Since John was addressing primarily the Greeks, he used logos to refer to God in a way that would effectively communicate God's thought and God's plan and God's self. To humanity. I think one of the most startling things about John 1 was, that was what we find in the 14th verse. The Bible says, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Amen. And here is a wonderful thing. And we beheld His glory. Amen. We beheld His glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And so the word that was mentioned in verse 1, of course, is manifest now in verse number 14, flesh that walked among us. John declared that God who created the universe at the very beginning had now come to mankind in the form of flesh. You see, today in our world, in, our, in the world that we live in, not, like, not that it is unlike any other generation before us, but many religions today have varying ideas about who God really is. But the ideas that individuals have about God or what God is are insufficient to identify Him or know Him. Amen. We can only know who God is by revelation. Amen. We, we can't just try to deduce God right down to what we can make Him on paper or pencil. This is a revelation. Amen. This is a great time and a place for the church to say amen. Because you need that revelation. Amen. I'm talking about to young and old today. We need that revelation for ourselves. I'm, I'm thankful for my heritage, and I try to tell God that on a daily basis, and I'm as serious as I've ever been. I try to say, Lord, I want to thank you for my heritage. I want to thank you, Lord, that didn't save me. Saved parents didn't save me. Holy Ghost-filled grandparents didn't Holy Ghost-fill me. Amen. The, the, the truth that had been revealed to family members was not just all automatically conveyed to me because it had been revealed to them. I had to get this for myself. Amen. I had to get this for myself. And when you get it for yourself, when you get it for yourself, Paul was on a road to Damascus. Hallelujah. Amen. Paul was on a road to Damascus, and on that Damascus road, he had an incredible experience with God like no other, like no other. You know, it just depends on what you're looking for. I'm not going to try to preach two messages, but you know, not long ago, I preached to you about another man that when he went to Damascus, he found a strange altar, and he said, I'm going to take that altar, and I'm going to bring that back home. Amen. Paul was headed to the same place, but he, he saw something completely different. I'm going to tell you this morning, I want, I want God to show me the right thing. Amen. I want, to, I want God to show me the right thing. I want to know what hero Israel is speaking into my heart and to my life today. And so I say, Lord, help me this morning that I can know you, that I can know you and the power of your might. I don't want to just know my favorite aunt's God. I don't want to know my favorite uncle's God. I want to know God all by myself. 
Why? Because you know what? Time took away my mom. Time took away my father. Time took away my grandparents. Time has taken away aunts and uncles. Time has robbed me of bishops that have invested themselves into me. But I'm glad when the funeral was over, and I'm not trying to be curt here, I'm glad when the dirt was all covered up and the hole was already grass growing back over it, that something was still resonating in my heart. I'm thankful for their hands that helped me to get where I am. But I'm glad that my Holy Ghost experience was not relegated to their breathing. Amen. To their heartbeats. (laughs) I am more determined today than I have ever been before. I am more sure today than I have ever been before. Why? Because I had to have a Damascus Road experience for myself. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You young people that are in this house, you're not too young to get this. You're not too young to get this. God's not hiding himself from you. He will reveal himself to you. Amen. You can see it for yourself. Amen. I I am not taking away the value of those that will mentor you and touch your life and influence you and point you in the right direction. But I'm going to tell you, there's nothing like getting it for yourself. Amen. Nothing like, nothing like getting it for yourself. God, who is eternal, amen, manifested himself. He manifested himself to us as the Father in creation, the Son in redemption, and the Holy Ghost in regeneration. Amen. These are three manifestations by one true God who were known to us by the name of Jesus. Colossians 2 and 9. I already had it written down, Brother Bobby. Amen. Colossians 2 and 9. For in him dwelleth all of the fullness of the Godhead bodily. I want to tell you, when you first said you wasn't going to sing, I was a little bit relieved about that. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> He got. He's leaving. He's he's leaving. He got up and walked out on me. Amen. I, I was a little bit relieved by that. I thought, well, we dodged this bullet today. But when he started singing the song, well, when he started singing the song that he claimed he wasn't going to sing, I didn't get up and set him down. Because <laughs> he was all up in my stuff. So I said, well, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. I'm messing with him today. For in him dwelleth all. Everybody say all. all. Amen. Let's say that loud enough that the world can hear it. Let's say all. all. There you go. Amen. In him dwelleth all of the fullness of the Godhead bodily. It's all in him. Amen. The fullness of the Godhead. It's all in him. <laughs> hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. He revealed, he revealed himself in many different ways in the Old Testament. He was the spirit who moved upon the face of the waters. He was the voice that spoke out of the burning bush. He was the angel that visited Abraham. Hear me today. He was, he was. While there are many, many other manifestations, amen, with many other manifestations all throughout Scripture, he made contact with humanity. Amen, he touched. 
touch them. But hear me this morning. Each manifestation was not another person of God, but it was just God revealing himself in a different way. Another manifestation of him. If I may say it this way, the manna in the wilderness was God. The water that flowed out of the rock and followed them was just another manifestation of God. He wasn't just God the Father or God the Son or God the Holy Ghost. We could say this morning he was God the manna. He was God the water out of the rock. <laughs> Amen. He was God. He was God of the sweet water. Amen. Of the bitter water of Mara. He was the God of the parting of the Red Sea. I can go on and on and on. He was the God when the feet put their priests on the water and that swelling tide rolled back and they walked across on dry ground. Hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me today. Hallelujah. He was manifesting himself. He was revealing himself. Let me show you something. Let me whisper something into your heart. Let me whisper something into your spirit. Hallelujah. He was revealing himself. He was just revealing himself. Praise God. Praise God. In the New Testament, God took upon himself a human body and a human nature. He did so to reveal his love and to reveal his mercy and desire to redeem those that would believe on him. He came uh, he came to a world not to condemn the world. He came to reconcile the world to himself. Hallelujah. In Galatians 4 and 4, the Bible says, And when the fullness of time was come, when the fullness of time was come, everything is about timing, timing, timing. When the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman, amen, made of a woman made under the law. The wonderful message of Christ's birth is that God came personally into the human family to save his people. And hear me this morning when those shepherds came amen, when those shepherds came and they, when they peered over into that manger, I understand amen, that physically they were looking at an infant. I understand physically they were looking at the flesh of a newborn child. But I'm going to tell you this morning, when those wise men were standing and looking into that manger, they were looking at I am. They were looking at the voice of the one who said, let my people go. They were looking at the manna. They were looking at the water. They were looking at the miracle. They were looking at the signs. Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He was more than a babe in a manger. He was more than a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes. Hallelujah. He was God. He was God. He was God. Amen. He was God. God manifested in the flesh. The writer of Hebrews clearly defined the transition from the Old Testament visitations of God to the New Testament manifest image of God. Jesus, the scripture says, the only begotten Son of God. The word begotten means only born. Amen. The only born Son of God. Jesus is the only visible image of God created for Himself so man could see Him, touch Him, feel Him, know Him. Jesus is the express image of 
of the invisible God. That's what Hebrews 1 and 3 says. The express image of the invisible God. Jesus did not exist in physical form before his birth. He was God in eternity. But by taking upon himself human flesh, he became the visible image of an invisible God. Colossians 1 and 14. When God took on himself the form of man, his deity was not diminished. I think it's important that when God took on the form of man, his deity was not, his deity was not diminished. His deity was not distracted. His deity was not watered down. He was not anything less than, amen, by human nature. Amen, just that clay shell that held him did not withhold him. Amen, it did not stop him. In other words, the one true God who is creator was manifested in flesh. As God incarnate, Jesus confounded the Jewish leaders with with his with many of his statements when he when he made statements like this John 8 and 58 he said verily verily I say unto you before Abraham was I am wow that confused them they didn't understand who is this mad man who is this mad man they were enraged by his claim to have existed before Abraham he kept dropping breadcrumbs he kept dropping breadcrumbs. He was, he was right there. He wasn't hiding himself. He was right there trying to reveal himself. But they were so bent to not see him until he passed right on by. And in the earthly ministry of Jesus, if we want to just talk about signs, miracles, and wonders for just a moment. Amen. The Bible says on occasion that he, did, that he was hampered in some degree because people didn't have faith. Because of their lack of faith, he was able to do some signs or some miracles, some things that he wanted to do. We know that when he went to Gadara, that the only one individual that was touched out of that entire visitation from an entire city that needed a touch of God was the one man who responded to him. But when the city rebelled against him, what did he do? Amen. He got back on the boat and he just went to find somebody else that wanted to know him. And here is a very sad refrain, if you want to think about it in this way. While one while one group of people, while he's sailing away from the bank and the dock of Gadara, and they're dusting their hands and saying, well, we got rid of that mess. There was another group of people that were standing on the another shore that was welcoming him onto the other side and I'm going to tell you if you want if, if you would like to detest what I'm preaching to you about, you can wipe your hands and shake your you can shake the dust of this message off of you today, but hear me you may just mean that Jesus is getting on a boat and he's going to find a bride Amen, he said somebody's going to praise me if the rocks have to cry out somebody will embrace me if the, tre- if the creation has to if the creation has to cry out somebody will Somebody will. And so I tell you, while opportunity has come my way, amen, while opportunity has come my way, I'm going to say, Lord, give me everything that you can. Give me everything that you can. I want to know you. I want to know you. He said, I am. They were enraged by this claim. Amen. God had a plan in his mind. God had a plan in his mind by which he would redeem people from their sinful nature. God's holiness and, and God's justice would not allow him to fellowship with that which was tainted by sin. 
the power of sin in mankind had to be destroyed in order for God to be reconciled with man and man reconciled with God. Somebody had to build a bridge. Hebrews 9 and 22 says, Here is that bridge. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. There is no remission. Now let me tell you something today. That's not what I'm preaching about. Let me just pause here to insert this. That don't ever get to the point that you don't think you need to repent. Amen. You need your sins. You know why? Because sin separates. I don't care how long you've had the Holy Ghost. I don't care how many times you've spoken in tongues. How many times you shouted. How many times you've ran the aisles or had some kind of, uh, of, of spiritual experience with God. I'm going to tell you, if you sin this morning, you got separation in your life. Amen. If you sin today, you got separation in your life. That's why the apostle said, i got to die daily. i got to make sure I take this old rotten flesh. i got to take that to a closet somewhere. Why? Because I've got to have forgiveness. I've got to have those sins remitted. I've got to take care of that. And so when mankind sinned, what did they do? They tried to cover it up, just like we all try to do. And so Adam said, this ought to work. Eve said, this ought to work. I'm not sure, sure who the seamstress of the day happened to be in that group. But one of them, or collectively, they decided, this should work. This should cover. Amen. But I'm going to say something today that you've heard many times. All of our effort will fall miserably short and will be horribly insufficient. We need we need the blood. Sin required death. The sacrifice of life. God rejected man's bloodless solution and he covered Adam and Eve with what? Amen. The coats of skins of what? Sacrificed animals. Amen. There was in the beginning, amen, just a trail of blood. Amen. In, in the garden there was just a trail of blood. Just drops of blood. Amen. Where that first sacrifice was made. I'm going to tell you as time went on, as time began to march on, amen, that little trail of blood, that little stream of blood became a mighty swelling river, amen, of blood. I'm not exaggerating to you today. If you read about the sacrifices in the law, amen, the years and the sacrifices of these animals here and these animals there, year after year after year. And so what began as a trail of blood in the book of Genesis in the Garden of Eden, amen, now has turned to a river of blood because of the law of Moses. But do you know what? That river still wasn't enough. Amen. That altar wasn't large enough. Amen. Why? Because the blood of bulls and the blood of goats could not cleanse mankind from sin. The best it could do was just put it off. The best it could do was stay it for a season of time. It was at best a temporary solution. And so mankind found himself one more time trapped in a no-win situation. There was no blood pure enough. There wasn't a ram spotless enough. There wasn't an oxen perfect enough to atone for the man for mankind's sin problem. However, God, Amen, He always has a solution. Yes, He does. In His foreknowledge, knew that man was going to need redemption before he ever sinned. And so Jesus Christ. That's why the Bible says in Revelation that He, in referring to Jesus Christ, the Bible says that He was the Lamb that was slain from. Where the foundation of the world, God knew man is going to need this. Hallelujah! Oh, hallelujah! There has to be a redemptive plan. There has to be a redemptive plan. I remind you this morning, amen, that redemptive plan is powerful. That redemptive plan is incredible. 
that that redemptive plan is sufficient for the day. Hear me this morning. When Noah, when Noah was on the ark, in order to find out if the waters had abated. In order to find out if, the, if it was sure enough going to be all over. He turned a dove loose. But that dove could find no rest for the sole of her foot. And so she returned back to that ark. But in time, I think another seven days, he returned. He let the, the dove go again. But when he let her go, amen, in time, she did not find a place for her foot to rest. Amen. But she found, amen, she found a place to make her home. And never returned again. I will just submit to you by way of illustration this morning that when that dove left the hand of Noah that day, she left on a mission. Amen. That dove would lend to the poor some of her offspring to give as an offering. Amen. When you didn't have a cow, when you didn't have a bull, when you didn't have a sheep, when you didn't have a goat, amen, anybody could catch or trap perhaps a dove. And so the dove said, I'll lend you some of my offspring spring through the years. Hallelujah. When that dove left Moses' hand, she was flying on a mission. Hear me. And when it got to the dark ages, those 400 years of silence, hear me this morning, time wasn't shut down. And God didn't fold up his plan and put it on a shelf. <laughs> but that dove was making her way. Amen. She was flying across 400 years of silence. And we find her lighting on Jesus himself in the Jordan's River. Realize Realizing that it has come to fruition. Realizing that her journey is over. Realizing that her mission is accomplished. I'm going to tell you today that the power and the presence of the Lord has always had a plan. Always had a plan. God knew the awful abyss into which man would descend. Therefore God came personally in human form to save us from and out of our sins. If this is your first time here today, I've got something I just want to let you know. You're among some people that really know what it's like to stand and sing. He brought me out of the miry clay. He really did set my foot on a rock to stay. <laughs> Hallelujah. I know we're all in our Sunday best here this morning. But don't you let these don't you let these suits and ties throw you for a curve. Don't you let all these wonderful and well-dressed women throw you for a curve. Amen. It hadn't been so long ago that some of them were in the clutches of alcoholism. Some of them were in the clutches of drug addiction. <laughs> some of them were in the headlock of sin. But oh, there was a redemptive plan. There was an incarnate God that said, I'm on my way. I'm coming. I have shed my blood that I can save you from your sin and pull you out of your sin. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Mm -hmm. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. He took on our old sinful nature, and was all was in all points. Am I in the book? He was in all point tempted like as we. So I can go to him with my temptations. I can go with him. I can go to him with my weaknesses and my frailties because he understands. If I could carry on that proverbial conversation with God, he would say, "I get it." <laughs> 
I get it. Yeah. He could truly say and mean it. I understand. I felt that. I experienced that. In all points tempted like as yet without sin. Yet without sin. He came in flesh to pay that awful price. Calvary's cross. He took on our sins that we might take on his sinless nature. If our musicians will come today. The incarnation of God. Hear me this morning. I, I know I've been a little loud and a little demonstrative here. kind of thinking this morning, what you ought to do is just teach this. It just gets all over me, I'm telling you. I can't, I can't hardly hold myself back. I can't hardly hold myself back, and I mean that. I'm going to tell you why, and this, I'm gonna, I'll just explain it, because I've, I've lived this. I'm not just... I'm not just trying to skip a few words from my lips across that page. So I've lived this. When I think about being redeemed, when I think about God putting a new heart in me, when I think about God changing my mind and the direction that I was going, when I see, and if you think I'm being judgmental, you are missing the point today, but when I see where some people are this morning that I went to church with as a child, when I see where they are and how steeped in sin they are, amen, when they walked away from the Lord and tried to bid me to come with them, and when I see, amen, what God has preserved and protected me from, oh, when I feel that redemption flowing through my veins, Amen. Sister Riley, something must be in the air today to kind of do a little reminiscing about where the Lord has brought us from. Where the Lord has brought us from. And so the incarnation of God is a truth that is worth our attention today. I'll tell you what it's worthy of. It's worthy of holding our hand over our heart when we hear it. Amen. Truth. Truth. Truth that marches on. Truth that lives from generation to generation. Though many people may not understand it, Jesus Christ is the one true and eternal God who became flesh. Only by the incarnation was redemption of humanity made possible. Only by incarnation. What a majestic God. That great I The only one who could say before Abraham was, I am. He alone, the expressed image of an invisible God. Amen. Let's stand together. Man tried to cover his disobedience that caused him to fall in sin. But his efforts would never be adequate enough. To atone sin. So let me say that again. Let, please let me say that again. Man's effort to hide, to, to cover their sin, could only hide it, but not atone it, not forgive, not eradicate it. And so this morning, if you're of the 
spiritual persuasion that you can dance around here and amen and carry on a little bit while you're in church and then walk out of these doors and just do whatever you want to do. And as long as mom and daddy don't find out about it, as long as my neighbors don't find out about it, as long as pastor don't find out about it, everything's going to be all right. You may cover it. And you may cover it for a long time. But you see, that covering and judgment is going to do you no good. No good. No good. I don't even know why this story comes to my mind today, but I'm going to follow the obedience of the Lord. I'm going to be obedient to this. Some years ago, I was preaching for a man who asked me, he said, I'd like to come by and pick you up, and if you would, I'd like for you to go with me. I need to go by and pray for someone. And uh, so we, he came by, we went to this man's house. I didn't know this man, of course. We walked in his living room, and he apparently <clears throat> was by nature a thin, somewhat thin man. He was laying on the couch, and I didn't realize the gravity of the situation when I was first asked just to go and pray. But I didn't realize he was laying in his deathbed. His body was so swollen that there would have been no possible way for you to have put your arms around him. It was hideous. He lay there on that couch and we had prayer. I could tell there was, I could just tell something was up because of the sincerity and the brokenness of this pastor, this old senior elder pastor who was just wailing before God for a miracle. When we got in the vehicle to leave, not in an effort to put this man's business in the street, but the pastor was still so broken, so, so, so shaken, so moved, until he shared this story with me. He said, many years ago when we came to this city and started pastoring this church, he said, this man for some 17 years was our Sunday school director. And he had been living in sin for years. He said, one night in the middle of the night, I got a phone call from the sheriff of our county and said, I need you to come, Reverend. And he told him where to go. And when he got there, he found this man in a drunken stupor, just plastered after 17 or 18 or so years. He could no longer hide it. And now it was out. It was, it was out. And so this pastor kept trying to tell him, this is not the end of the world. Let's make this right. But by now, the tentacles of sin had just wedged him between he and God. and He never would come. He never would come. This day, fast forwarding many, many years later, 
He's laying in his couch, dying of cirrhosis of the liver. Because he was trying to hide. Hide. You see, you, 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 you may hide it for a little while. He held it for quite a while. Hid it for quite a while. But what you really need is atonement. What you need today is forgiveness. What you need today is to be buried in Jesus' name by baptism. To repent of your sins. And I'm going to tell you, there's water in that tank. There's warm water in that tank. And we can baptize you before you leave today. Why? Why? Because you can't just hide your sins with your own effort. You need your sins washed away and that's why He came. That's why in incarnate God manifested Himself. That's why God said, I'm going to put on flesh. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.